Hi, I'm Dr. Ann Peters from the University of Southern California, speaking to you today from the ADA annual meetings that are being held in Chicago, Illinois. I have with me Dr. Michael Rickles, Medical Director of the Pancreatic Islet Cell Transplant Program at the Hospital of the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. Hello. Morning, Ann. It's good to have you with us, and I'm looking forward to learning a lot from you. So what we're going to focus on with you is going to be to talk about transplants, both transplants themselves as well as islet cell transplants. So why don't you start with teaching me about what I need to know as a practicing clinician about transplantation and type 1 diabetes? Well, first there is whole organ transplantation involving uh, the pancreas that is currently approved as a treatment for type 1 diabetes. Because the whole uh, organ is transplanted um, and it has a complex uh, blood vessel supply, it has to be transplanted along with a part of the small intestine and requires an extensive operation that uh, precludes its use from being widespread. Um, for that reason, the most common indication for a whole pancreas transplant is to be done in conjunction with a kidney transplant in a type 1 diabetic individual who has diabetic nephropathy and the need for a kidney transplant. Now, who would you send for that procedure of the universe of people who get a kidney transplant? Because I've had a lot more patients just get a kidney transplant than get a kidney pancreas transplant. So we think about the addition of a pancreas at the time of kidney transplant in um, any type 1 diabetic patient who uh, requires a deceased donor renal transplant. We do know that the outcomes with living donor renal transplant are um, 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 good enough that it doesn't add much benefit for their long-term survival to wait for a simultaneous pancreas kidney. And if you can receive a living donor transplant, uh, the sooner you can get it and limit your time on dialysis is, is the top priority. But in patients who may not have access to a living donor kidney, and if they're a suitable surgical candidate to withstand the operation, then we recommend uh, the consideration of a simultaneous pancreas kidney, which has been shown to protect the transplanted kidney from recurrent diabetic nephropathy and also eliminates in the vast majority of cases the need for ongoing insulin treatment and further progression of diabetes complications. Does the transplanted pancreas continue to function long term or does it stop functioning? The, currently transplanted pancreases can function for um, over a decade and the um, uh, years are, are continuing to count. The, uh, after about three years, uh, about 80% of pancreases are continuing to function following transplantation. Um, uh, but there are a n number of cases of pancreases that continue to function uh, for uh, a, a very long period of time. Those patients must be very happy. <laughs> no <laughs> insulin and doing well. It's great. But now let's talk about islet cell transplants, because everybody wants to hear about islet cell transplants. What can you tell me about them? Well, so islet transplantation is currently being investigated in the United States as a minimally invasive alternative to transplanting a, a whole organ. And the, um, the idea is that with whole organ transplantation, there are many 
pancreases that for technical reasons are not suitable to be transplanted as a whole organ, but can be good sources of islet cells that can be isolated and transplanted to additional type 1 diabetic patients. So in, the, in that regard, it helps optimize the use of donor pancreases. It also extends the procedure for replacing islet uh, cells in type 1 diabetics to patients who might not be candidates to receive a whole pancreas transplant. So we are currently investigating islet transplantation for patients who have already received a kidney transplant as well as, uh, and so are already committed to immunosuppression, as well as for uh, patients with type 1 diabetes experiencing severe problems from hypoglycemia. Both of those groups can already receive a pancreas transplant, either after their kidney transplant or alone as treatment for severe hypoglycemia. But because of the uh, major surgical risks, uh, we feel that, that those groups would benefit in the future from having the potential for islet transplantation. Okay, this may sound like a really dumb question, but how do you give islet cells? I mean, do you just swallow them? I mean, what happens? So. The, uh, the islet cells are um, injected into the portal vein, which is the uh, main blood vessel draining the uh, uh, intestines to the liver. And uh, access to the portal vein can either be performed uh, surgically, where um, the surgeon performs a uh, mini laparotomy to access a, a mesenteric vein uh, leading to the portal vein, but it can also be done uh, percutaneously in, uh, by an interventional radiologist who passes a needle through the liver and gains access to the portal vein in a uh, minimally invasive uh, procedure performed under uh, local anesthesia. And once the uh, catheter is placed in the portal vein, the islet cells are then, uh, uh, they come in a, uh, the purified cells come in a bag much like you would uh, see with blood products and those cells uh, drip into the portal vein, huh. and they follow the uh, um, blood flow throughout the liver and end up uh, lodging within the sinusoids uh, uh, dispersed throughout the liver. Now, I know a big issue is rejecting the islet cells. So they go, now they're all in your liver. Then how do you protect them, and what kind of immunosuppression? And then I guess the corollary is how can you make it better so that islet cells will last longer. So the immunosuppression is very similar to what's used for whole organ transplantation. Um, the one important difference with islet transplants is that uh, until they have a, a new blood supply, which can take um, weeks to possibly up to a, a few months to uh, um, re establish robustly, that uh, glucocorticoids or steroids that are commonly used in solid organ transplantation can have a very detrimental effect on the survival of transplanted islets. So the islets are not transplanted with uh, steroids being used, but do use similar um, uh, agents such as uh, T-cell depleting agents that are uh, used for solid organ transplantation and uh, maintenance immunosuppression with drugs such as calcineurin inhibitors, mTOR inhibitors, and um, that, that protect the islets in the long term. So uh, the um, important feature, too, for transplantation in uh, of a whole pancreas or islets in type 1 diabetes is that because it's an autoimmune disease, we also worry not just about rejection of the pancreas or islets, but recurrent 
autoimmune diabetes affecting the pancreas or islet transplant. And so um, in most instances, the immunosuppression that we select for preventing the alloimmune response helps protect the individual from recurrent autoimmunity affecting their transplant. Sounds so complicated, I'm glad you're doing it. My next question is, at the ADA meetings this year, what's new? Have we learned anything, pushed this further along? What's, what's happening in the field? Well, what's, what's happening in the field is the, uh, presented uh, yesterday, the results for whole pancreas transplantation have continued to improve so that we're doing a, um, a better job in both minimizing early uh, technical losses of pancreas grafts um, in the early postoperative period, uh, as well as having lower rates of immunologic graft loss, whether that be to recurrent autoimmunity or, or alloimmune rejection, so that the long-term outlook for um, whole pancreas transplantation is getting better for our patients. And um, the group that, has received, that receives a pancreas by itself has always had a much uh, higher rate of immunologic graft loss. Um, and that group in particular has benefited from advances in immunosuppression therapy that have enabled um, much greater gains in the longevity of the function of, of those transplants. So one final question. If I have a patient who comes to me and wants an islet cell transplant, and I get asked this all the time, particularly because all sorts of things happen to work in mice and rats that don't appear to happen in humans, where would I tell them to go? And my second part of that question is, how would you decide who you would refer for a whole organ pancreas transplant? Yeah. So right now, for patients experiencing severe problems with hypoglycemia, uh, whole organ pancreas transplantation is an available option. And my recommendation would be to uh, uh, seek consultation at an experienced center that does a high volume of uh, whole pancreas transplants. Um, uh, for uh, regarding islet transplantation, um, right now it's there are uh, centers involved with the uh, clinical islet transplant consortium that have experimental protocols where if you've had a kidney transplant, you may be a candidate for islet transplantation, and that w would be a consideration to uh, potentially avoid the uh, commitment to a second major surgical operation for uh, the treatment of diabetes. But to be eligible, you've already had to have a kidney transplant. So I can't just send somebody out to, here, have some islets, let's get cured. It's not there yet. We're, we're, we're not there yet. Now, I, I guess I have one real true last question, which is, what's your timeline. Can you even begin to say when will this kind of therapy be more routinely available for patients? Because my patients, and I understand, want to be cured, right? When, when will we say this is a cure? Can you even guess? Well, we like to uh, tell our patients who participated in our experimental protocols that even when they feel like they've been cured, that we remind them that they're still uh, taking two immunosuppression medications each day to prevent recurrent autoimmune diabetes or, or rejection of their islet grafts. Uh, but you're exactly right. There's um, lots of uh, folks who are very interested, particularly those who are, have very brittle type 1 diabetes and experiencing a lot of problems with hypoglycemia who could benefit. And for now, our uh, current trials with that population are, are um, 
nearing uh, completion of two-year follow-up in the uh, 48 subject study cohort with the first patients um, out over four years. And so we hope to file this information with the FDA in the uh, upcoming uh, year or so and, and uh, hope that uh, uh, things can, can move along towards a, a hope for um, uh, approved treatment for our patients with diabetes. Well, it sounds interesting. This has been really fascinating. So, Michael, thank you very much. And this has been Dr. Ann Peters for Medscape. Thank you.